LA is your house. Welcome to this episode 158. I'm here with David and Lewis. Hey, what's up, everybody? And this is Bobby. And we're back. And the headline is not like it has been the few past weeks. Want to bring it up, guys? What do you want to do, Dave? Dude, I missed one show. <laughs> I missed one freaking show. And all hell breaks loose. Galaxy goes on a freaking three three game losing streak. What the hell? Because you, you like I don't I don't understand what happened. I I missed one. You have show. to be on the one side of the I coast, missed. David. You need to stay on one side of the coast. Apparently, <laughs> apparently the only time I can take a, a a a trip to the East Coast is during a Galaxy bye week. The whole purpose of me going was to watch the Galaxy. <laughs> yep. Everybody, everybody that I talked to was like, "Oh, you went to see Galaxy lose." I was like, "Shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a good time. It was a good time. I, I forgot. Uh, well, we went to. Um, well, we, we took my mom out Friday night uh, for Mother's Day because I had to work Sunday, so I knew I wasn't going to be able to to do anything. And then, uh, so we went to a, a restaurant. She's, "Oh, I want to go to this restaurant." Okay, and uh, the rest of the family was there celebrating Becky's birthday. Um, oh, just, just a quint, just like total coincidentally. Yeah, coincidentally, oh, like, yeah. So like, we're we're like looking for a parking spot, and then Dom goes, "Hey, that's those are your cousins right there." And I'm like, "What? Whatever." Like, I'm because like the, the parking was just horrible. And then as I'm walking up, sure enough, I see like Becky, Rudy, and 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 Wendy. And I was like, "Hey, what are you guys doing here? Oh, it's Becky's birthday." Like, oh, like yeah, it's your favorite restaurant. So we came, and then like all of a sudden, like. SB and grandma show up and then your parents show up and uh Checo shows up. Um who else was there? I think actually I think that was it. But like it was just a coincidence that like uh, that we were there. And then somewhere in there we were uh oh your mom was talking about how she missed the Galaxy game um against Columbus because she didn't know they played on Wednesday and she saw that it was on repeat, so she watched it and she goes, I was so mad that I went back and watched that game because I would have been better off not knowing that they played on that day. And so, so I go, yeah, that was a pretty bad game. And then, and then Checo goes like, Hey, you got off for free. David traveled all the way to New York to watch him play like that. <laughs> Those tickets were expensive. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the tickets to the game. No, were I'm free. saying the whole thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you're saying. Um, He's saying, "Please don't ever leave again." Yeah, <laughs> we were. I, I legit was trying to do a remote session from, uh, you know, from the hotel room, but um, my wife's cousin lives out there, so he lives. Well, he doesn't live in New York. He lives in, uh, in the city. I should say. He lives like an hour, uh, like a train ride, hour and a half, probably um, north, like upstate. So we were supposed to go on the morning, let's see, Monday morning, the Monday after the game. We were supposed to go Monday morning. And while we were heading back from the game, uh, away from Red Bull Arena, back into the city, I ran into Andrew Wiebe of the MLS uh, Extra Time show. And I started talking to him. And and I was like, hey, can I come by the studio? I'd like to see the studio and see what you know, see what you guys have. And so he was like, yeah, come by uh, nice. Monday afternoon. So we're like, ah, okay, I, we're not going to make it to like up to uh, Carmel Hamlet, where which is where the restaurant is. Uh, 
and back before I have to be at the MLS studio midtown. So I was like, um, hey, I told my wife, I was like, hey, can we go after I go to the MLS studio? So she's like, yeah, okay. So I didn't get back to the hotel till like midnight, probably East Coast time. But by then I was like dead tired. I couldn't I couldn't do the show. So I'm yeah. I was I was actually really bummed that I didn't get to be part of it because I don't like I liked holding it over your heads and I've never missed a show. Uh now I can't do that. Oh no. Was I supposed to care? Oh <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Wow, that's, that's brutal. <laughs> welcome back, Dave. Jesus. Uh, exactly. I feel, I, feel, I feel welcome. Thank you, brothers. David, I mean, David, Bobby, eat a Snickers and sing a <laughs> sing a sitcom uh, opening theme. Will ba-da-da-da, you? Ba-da-da-da. <laughs> um, but uh, as I said, like New York was a good time. I highly recommend that trip for anybody who was thinking about going to go travel to watch the galaxy. Like that's the one to go to. Um, I have yet to do Atlanta, but I think that's on my list. Uh, whether it's next year or the year after, I really, really want to go do Atlanta. I want to go do sporting Kansas city. Should probably wait till Atlanta, Atlanta gets better again. Ah, they'll be, they'll be up there again, dude. And, um, but, but yeah, it was a good time. Met a bunch of people handed out a ton of stickers. Um, actually you probably have to order some more soon. And, um, and we got, actually the, the stickers that I gave out at the game got slapped in a bunch of places. Um, may or may not have gotten slapped in a bunch of places oh by maybe my son. Uh, <laughs> and he, and wow. You take him to New York <laughs> and he starts doing those people. kinds of things, David. Yeah, I know. I know. He didn't realize, he didn't realize like what what it meant when I did it or when he did it, he was like, he did it in front of a cop and he was just like standing there looking all proud of it. I'm like, dude, keep moving. I grabbed him. I'm like, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. <laughs> and he's like, what? He's like, what, why? I'm like, dude, you can't do that. Like that doesn't know, you know, you're defacing something. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so the moment of realization of like, Oh my God, I've just vandalized something. <laughs> he broke his first law. <laughs> I mean, it's a sticker. He just broke his it's first law. Sticker. Yes, yes, um, but it, it was good. Apparently now our, our our sticker is on the Brooklyn Bridge and uh, among other a bunch of other places and and all over the town of Harrison and all over um, places around Red Bull Arena. So it was a good time, um, you know, seeing a hundred or two almost three hundred Galaxy fans uh, hanging out in the stadium, and apparently we were the only ones that that um, that you could hear on TV. That was awesome. Um, the march to the match was awesome. But uh, yeah, like I said, highly recommend that trip. It was super, super fun. And Red Bull Arena is beautiful. Um, I didn't get a chance to do like a full walk around. But uh, the thing that they had there that really kind of blew my mind was they have these kiosks where you could you basically walk up, you order your food, whatever you're going to get, pay for it at the kiosk at the screen, and then you just take your receipt over to the concession person, they go, they get your stuff and they hand it to you. So like this to me seems way more efficient than having to deal with talking to the person on the other end and you saying something as simple as like, Hey, can I get extra jalapenos with the nachos? And them going, uh, nachos, jalapenos. Do we have those? Like that (laughs) takes, that, (laughs) that takes all the guesswork out of, out of it. They just like, here's the ticket. You go do the thing. 
and uh, and and so that to me seemed really efficient uh, at the stadium. So I, I would hope that uh, StubHub Center implements some some form of that. Uh, you could order like five different Red Bulls from the kiosk. I didn't get one because why would I get one of those disgusting There's five drinks? Different ones? Uh, there was like only two, like sugar and sugar free. <laughs> No, there's there's See, a lot. I don't know nothing. Uh, yeah, uh, and like I said, we got to meet some awesome people and hung out with uh, some Galaxy friends while we were over there. Uh, especially uh, Hugo, friend of the show, who runs the uh, the Riot Squadcast FIFA uh, thing, and and Murs, Mur, rapper Murs, was at the game and um, and hanging out with the Galaxy fans and, and led a couple of cheers. So that was that was awesome. Is he a general fan or did he go because of like the group or? He went to go watch the Galaxy play. Like he wanted, I guess he was doing some project in town. He he heard the Galaxy was coming out. He heard how many people were coming out, and so I guess he reached out to the Galaxy and wanted to know where everybody was meeting up. And so he met us at the bar that the Galaxy had organized to to um, get the fans together. That's super cool. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. And then he was uh, and then he was hanging out in, in our section and, and leading the uh, the cheers quite a bit. I know I know uh, ACB and uh, Angel from straight from the stands posted stuff uh, as did as did a bunch of other people. So, um, yeah, but shout out to all of those people who traveled. Um, it was super fun. It was like a super safe feeling environment. And it was just a great place to just be with that concentrated group of galaxy fans um i even joked that like i didn't really pay that close attention to the game because we were too busy singing chanting cheering on the team um so i didn't really like look at it with any kind of eyes other than like i'm just here having a good time so so it was good it was fun it was a lot of fun yeah good times it sounded like it yes and then, uh, and then, as I said, I, I, the, the other nerdy thing I got to do was go to the MLS offices um, where they record extra time and uh, and talk to some of the people there. Uh, I ran into uh, Susanna Collins and uh, Jillian Sakovitz right as they were decorating for their uh, debut of their new podcast, uh, The Call Up. And then I talked to Charlie Davies and obviously Andrew Wiebe, who I want to say a big thank you to for letting us come up there and, you know, kind of interrupt their day for a few minutes. Uh, saw Dave Goss, uh, gave him a couple stickers. Uh, Susanna put hers on her laptop, uh, which was super awesome. I think uh, um, uh, Galaxy LAG Confidential posted that on, on uh, Instagram. Uh, he caught his eye, and then we posted it on, on our Instagram too. So, uh, so yeah, I would say that um, you know the business trip was successful. In a so, matter of speaking. Yeah, so Bobby, where do I uh, send my reimbursement forms? Put them in the file, man. <laughs> Put it in the file. Yeah, we don't look at that shit for five years. Nothing's coming our way right now. Put it in the file. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, this whole week, this fucking podcast, I don't give a fuck. All right? Man, I'm just not. I'm just not. Mm-mm. Goodbye. Mm-mm-mm. Come on, man. This was our bread and butter. Like this is all we talked about last year was galaxy losses and what went wrong. So I guess we can get into what went wrong in Columbus. Um, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. We have no depth, Lewis. Um, and that concludes episode one fifty eight. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. So. A lot of people. So, I mean, well, so, so let's go ahead. I mean, obviously, you guys all know that we're on a three-game losing streak uh, after the the loss to New York. Uh, four days later, we went down to Columbus, where we lost three to one, uh, snapping Columbus's five-game losing streak. Uh, so we played a team that was down the dumps and uh, looked even worse against them. Uh, before finally coming home and losing yet another game. Now, a, a lot of people are blaming... Uh, well, there's a couple of things. And, you know, usually when shit hits the fan, you're going to start seeing things either that were always there, then you chose not to see it, or you start coming up with stuff. Uh, some of the reasons I was seeing on Twitter was uh, fatigue, which, okay, I, I can kind of see that and i'll touch That's on not that why particular they subject a, a little later on you're playing zlatan ball in which once again you're just trying to get the ball to zlatan regardless of if you have a wide open shot in front of an empty net you gotta look up and see where the big man is and if you find him you pass it to him even though there's four guys around him um so there's that and there's also the the uh the argument of uh Skeleto not rotating his players and using the exact same guys week in and week out, which would contribute to the uh, to the fatigue argument. So um, all those were swirling around Twitter, and obviously it came to uh, I don't want to say a peak because it could, it could definitely get worse, especially if you lose the the following games against Colorado. But it seemed to have gotten up to the uh, at least uh, up to this point in the season, at its peak after the the home loss to New York, and uh, I don't know. I mean, wh- where do you guys stand on exactly why the Galaxy are in this little funk right now? Well, Bobby seems to know what what it is. Oh, I do. Um, I, I, I'm 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 just gonna real quick get out of the way and say all three, all three uh, are are uh, issues. But uh, Bobby, please enlighten us. What what what's wrong with this team? You just did it. Oh <laughs> no, I don't. Know. Well, you made Look, it sound no, like you had this. Like no, I never. I didn't even say anything the whole time. So I don't know what you heard. But anyways, Lewis, what you said is correct, sir. Everything, everything. I look at, dude, what we've been saying the last few episodes and, and what we've been saying when we have been winning, it's just, it's, it's, it's at the top of the, it's, it's at the top of the cake now. It's the, it's, 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 we see it. Everybody sees it. It's all open. Um, what's really annoying me right now is people are always like, oh, we can't be, we're not, we can't be that good if Zlatan's not playing well. Oh, now you see that it's, it, it's the, 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 the most uh, important player on the team is, is Jonah. Oh, now you see, it's like, dude, it's not just one single player on this team. It's an entire breakdown. I mean, I wasn't really that angry with the New York game. Wait, which one was the last one? I already forgot. See, I'm trying to erase them out of my mind. New yeah, York, it was. The, that's the, the one New I was, York yeah, City that's the FC. one I was really upset yeah. with the NYCFC. That's... That one kind of like just irked me so much just because we were off completely the entire game. Yeah. Not one yeah. thing was good. Not one thing. I, didn't, I don't remember one thing being good. Um, 
Sorry, guys. I don't remember one thing being good in the Columbus game either. Like I honestly, but 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 I guess you look at that game and and they play. You can be chill about it because we're like, oh, it's away. You know, I guess you know, but that's the only the only leniency I can give it to. But you're right. Like you're right, David. And then and then we lost Jonah in that one too. Yeah, and and that's when stuff really kind of fell apart. I mean, the Galaxy had already gotten scored on. Uh, Two former uh, LA Galaxy outside backs. Mm -hmm. Uh, scored on us in this game, Jossie Zardes and and uh, and uh, Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they both played what right, right and left back. Yeah, um, I forgot how bad we played in that game. Now you're, it's coming back it, to me. It, yeah, and and it started with uh, Scalotto came out with Felcher and Shelvik, mm-hmm. even though he had um, Araujo and Triore uh, available to him. Uh, I, I believe it was coach's decision, right, Lewis? It was a coach's decision, yes. But I mean, I, I guess when you look at what happened or the the lineup that we went with against NYC, it kind of makes sense as to why he decided to to start Shelvick over Triori and Felcher over Rajo when they were both perfectly healthy, and mm-hmm. that was kind of your squad rotation. And again, we'll talk about that when we talk about the New York game, but in Columbus. You saw, um, unfortunately, a, a defense that has decided to slip up. Uh, going into the Red Bull game, you were one of the best defenses. Actually, you were the mm-hmm. best defense in the entire league and then gave up back-to-back three goal games. In the so last crazy. three games, they've allowed eight goals. Yeah. So, I mean, you made a complete 180. And, I mean, you let... I mean, I mean, the first goal was, you know, it, it was a, it was a fucking, it was a cross that Zlatan would kill for on his team, uh, on, yeah. uh, for his mm. players well, because well, look at look at how much a, time look at how much time Felcher gave Robinho on that play. Right. I mean, he had all the time in the world, and and Felcher kind of fails to to close him down and Steris gets caught between in no man's land. He gets caught between like, do I go try and close down Rubinho or do I, you know, I have Zardes behind me, but he had, you know, Polenta was right on him and Zardes just boxed him out and beat him. It was a beautiful cross. I mean, you know, that's the one thing that the Galaxy have been missing in since the beginning of the year. We've said like there hasn't been good service. It's our whole thing. And we yeah, can't do exactly. it. I know. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. With- it's like, hey, get the ball to Zlatan. <laughs> oh, we can't. And yeah. and yet the the continual like get the ball to Zlatan and the lack of movement from Zlatan to me is what's more infuriating because Zlatan knows full well who his teammates are. He knows they're not going to get me the ball in, my, in the perfect spot, and yet he continues to demand that they give him the ball in these perfect spots, and they know he he knows. They're not going to be able to do it. And and it, to me, in this game, Zlatan got way worse in terms of just – he was just like, well, I'm just not going to go for this ball then. You know, for like for most of the balls, I just – he's like, well, I'm in my spot. I'm not going to really move or make the defender work. Um, the, the times that he get, did get the ball, and this has been kind of um, – He's reminding me of Juan Pablo Angel in his movement right now. <laughs> um, the times that he does get the ball, 
he's constantly trying to chest it down with a man or two on him. Like, dude, you're not going to have the space to do that. He got one good cross in, I think it was in the NYCFC game, where he headed the ball. In, and Oh, no, no, it was, in, was in, in the Columbus game. He headed the ball, yeah. and Zach Steffen made an amazing save. But, yeah. like, that was it. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't much of anything. It, it was, uh, once again, it was uh, a very frustrating game to watch as far as the offense goes. You got... In the first half, you had control of the game. You had, was it like sixty-two percent possession? And yeah. once you got to the final third, like you just, you had no idea what to do with it. Yeah, it, it was it, it was control without really, you know, control because they had the the galaxy had the ball. Nobody knew what to do with it. Yeah, I I think for me it was more of a. Sure, the, the, the Galaxy held more possession, but Columbus controlled the game. I mean, they, they, they basically had the perfect game plan for the Galaxy. They just couldn't do... I mean, one, once they got to anywhere even remotely dangerous, I mean, there, there was nothing that they could have done. And I think that, in all honesty, there... I, I think Houston... I think also part of the reason as to why they're slumping is that teams have figured out how to beat the Galaxy. Right. They figured right. out what what really is their weakness. And I think you can credit Houston with that because Houston was the first team that really gave us fits. They weren't able to get over the hump and we got, you know, a last minute goal. But we were pretty even there and we were on we were at home. And I think the high press was one of those where, like, okay, we need to do this and then neutralize the uh, the wings. If we do that, they, they're not going. They're not playing through the middle. They're not. And even if they are, they're going right to left. I mean, they completely neutralize them. I think that has been the blueprint for every other team ever since. And I think it shows because you have neutralized the galaxy offensively in every step of the way. And yes, you can make the argument that. There is no other scoring threat aside from Zlatan, and we've talked about that. And you can also blame that, well, you know, if he's your only threat, that's where you want to get the ball. Again, it's it's a one-dimensional attack that isn't shouldn't be too hard to neutralize. But I think that Houston had a game plan that is now being copied by every opponent playing the Galaxy and those opponents have been able to make it work. Um, what, what, what can we do at this point, though? Well, uh, let's get into squad rotation here because uh, th that's also one of those big things that really came up, especially against the New York game. Now, going into this trip... Even we said it after the Houston game, or I'm uh, sorry, after the um, yeah, after the Houston game, because we talked about RSL. We said, look, we're gonna have a very tough stretch in May, not because of the quality of opponents, but because of the amount of games and the amount of time they have to be played in, and the amount of travel, the amount of travel that you have to do to play these games. And it bit us; it caught up to us, and a lot of people were blaming fatigue. Okay. I'm not naive to believe that you or any other team out there is immune to getting tired on such a demanding road trip. 
But this is game number 11. Didn't Valdecanto say that we are going to be the most fit team in the entire league? That we are going to outlast teams? That is going to be our strength. We're doing this now so that we can reap the benefits of a very long MLS season and we can outlast any other team on that field. That was the plan. That, that was a plan, but I don't think he accounted for mentally mental uh, exhaustion. I mean, and that seems and that seems to be what's plaguing the galaxy right now. That and we have no depth because, as you said last or two weeks ago, the the first guy at the bench it's Emma Boateng. And what does Emma Boateng can't do? He came in in the NYCFC in the uh, sorry in the Columbus game, uh, I believe at halftime, or was it the NYCFC game? He came in oh. for Triore. That was NYCFC, right? That was NYCFC. Yeah. But either way, I mean, Emma is still he, your guy off the yeah. bench, and he is your only offensive threat. Which he is came where in I was, and did nothing. Yeah, yeah which he is was, what he's he been doing. Less, yeah, he, he, it was better to was just not effective. have a guy there than it, it was, was less effective tank. when he came on. Yeah. So, so where I was going with the whole fatigue thing, mm. and people were saying, okay, well, look, look, if they are mentally tired, if they are physically tired, then you have to rotate. You can't just go out and play the exact same starting 11 players for 34 games. It, it's, it would be nice uh, if, there was a, if there was a feature that you can turn off uh, fatigue. Uh, fatigue yeah. You know, yeah, that'll work. But so people were kind of blaming Scalotto on this. And look, if this was most other teams, that's a fair criticism. This is where I can defend the coach. Who's your lineup? Let's just say, okay, we rotate the squad in Columbus. Who do you throw in there I, that I don't you think, think is he, going to be highly he, competitive? But see, when most people talk about squad rotation, they're thinking about like, okay, you're you're putting in four or five different guys each match, right? I don't I don't think it needs to be that. I think it needs to be like, oh, maybe somebody comes off in the 60th minute, and you put in someone who. You know, maybe, maybe can spark something. That's not Ima Boateng because it's always Ima Boateng, and it's not working. But so that's me, exactly so. To me, it's a lack of ideas. I think you go in and you say, okay, you put in Cuello, you put in um, Carrasco, who you know, there's a massive drop off there, uh, and we saw it in the in the game in this game when he had to come in for uh, Jonathan. But you you know, you put in, you have Araujo on the bench, you have Triore on the bench. Stick them in there, you know, at, 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 in the midfield. But but just I mean, to hold isn't the that game what, out but, in like the 60th minute? But you know what I mean? That and that what gives we did your, against Ed, isn't that what we did against NYC? We did I that. Mean, we did that because the formation that came out did not work at all. Right. That's why so, we did that. That's, but, we didn't do it. We didn't do it for squad rotation. So here's a couple things. That, well, I don't know that you about have to that th- Here's a couple of things that you have to think about when you think about okay. I'm, instead of making my most of my guys go 90 minutes, because you, you brought this up a few weeks ago too, the first sub that um, Scolotto makes is Boateng, and it's like far, far into the match. It's like in the 70th minute, in the right. 80th minute. And it's and basically so because... You're pushing your guys, you're, right, because the drop-off, right? The, the drop-off in talent and effectiveness. But you're pushing your guys to be out there on the field for a very long time. So what do you do? You stick somebody out there like Whale. You stick you, you stick out uh, uh, Araujo or Zubak for all that matter um, just to get them the game experience, especially in a game you're already losing. 
I, I, you know, at three zero, when did Columbus score the third goal? Uh, I, now I can't it was remember. Pretty, it was pretty early. I, I want to say that it was like early into the second half. It wasn't that. Late. It wasn't like super late, right? Sixty. It was actually midways. It was sixty sixth minute. Yeah. So at that point, you're not winning that game. So you throw you you throw in some of your guys to get that game experience because guess what? Right now they may not be effective, but you keep giving them these like 20, 30 minute intervals in games. Come the stretch run, they're going to be effective, or you're going to you're going to know whether or not you can count on those guys. And and like I said, if you just keep putting Boateng out there, that's you know what you're getting. You know what you're getting out of Boateng, and it's not much. But that's but but that's the that's argument it. of that's, lack that's of. That's what depth. Lewis has been I mean, saying. For... You can, right? You right, can but you can say, you can do, but there's nothing you can do about that right now. You can't drop you throw, seven of your guys that are bench players and replace them with seven different guys. So what do you have to do? You have to give them minutes so that they understand what the level is like in MLS, so that that they can prove themselves. They can come in and say, "Okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make a difference." And they can put in ninety minutes worth of effort in thirty minutes for you. And maybe see, you get something, I, and maybe you don't. But I, I but right now me, we know exactly what we're going to get with these changes. But the thing is, is that I mean, look, who, who else do you have on the bench that you can no, say can? No, I mean, you, you brought in. But who else are you developing to bring off the bench? Maybe is they're my just. Point. I mean, but 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 the fact that they've brought in Araujo and they've brought in Troyori and they've given them a chance, but they're not giving Cuello a chance and they're not giving Zubek a chance. It basically means, look, these guys aren't ready. They're yeah, not going to make it. They're not going to make a difference. But dude, you also look at you. You look at it and you say, okay, well, Scalotto doesn't think they're ready, but yet. Boateng goes out there every week, and you know exactly what you're going to get with him. You know he's not so, going to be effective, and yet he continues to use him. Why so do can you, you imagine why do you what, keep throwing what more of a drop-off is? Because can you imagine? We don't that, know. We don't uh, know for sure. Obviously, Scalotto knows if he's if he's if that's his decision. If he's saying to himself, look, right now Boateng is literally my best option, that says a fuck ton about your depth. That's my point. It's not that he's being dumb or like, you know, foolish about it. He is saying out of all this garbage, this is my best option. And it is because there's nobody else in there that is in there for an offensive threat. Juninho is not offensive. He's he's going to be as a midfielder. And a lot of people are like saying, why is Juninho not in there? I'm like, look, Juninho is not the same player that he was when he was with us five years ago. It's not going to happen. He's not the he's not the same player at all. You're gonna see a huge drop off. If Carrasco is a huge drop off from from Dos Santos, can you imagine what Juninho is? That he's not getting the the, the next uh, you know he's not the next in line. Perry well, Kitchen here talking about Perry Kitchen how he might come in and, and shore things up. I don't think that he's I don't I don't I think, think that he's below Carrasco. I don't I, I think he might have been below Carrasco, but I also that like, he's also injured. So he never has he, I don't think he's had like a legitimate chance to prove himself under Skeloto and that system. Who knows? Maybe he does play better. Once he gets back, maybe he does go back as the number two behind Dos Santos. We don't know that. Either way, Kitchen is not your guy that you're gonna depend on to get a goal. He's not he he's there that you're gonna you're gonna put in a guy either for, you know, if Dos Santos is out of the game. Or if Corona's out of the game, where you have to replace them. But if you're looking for a goal, you're not putting in Perry Kitchen. Right. You're not putting in Juninho. 
Quayle is probably your other offensive threat, but man, the guy's a rookie coming out of college. He's not even through like uh, he's not even an academy player. And my opinion is, if you're coming out of college, you're already way behind. If you're coming out of college and you're making your professional debut after college, you're way behind. So he has some catching up to do. He's better off in Galaxy Two right now. He's not going to be any sort of effective, uh, have any sort of effect or any sort of game changing. So. Skelota's only option is literally to roll the dice. Like, this is literally the only option I have, and I have to go with this as long as I possibly can because when I make the change, you're going to see a huge drop-off. So this is why Skelota has to roll the dice here. You have to go with the with the team that pretty much is going to give you the best chance to win. If that means I have to keep this... If I have to keep those guys in there longer than I should have because I have no other option to to bring in to make this team better or to sidestep or to be effective, then you're kind of, this is your only play. So, and that's, that's the way I'm going to defend the coach here is that this is your best move. A lot of people will say, Oh, well, you know, they look tired. You should have rotated the squad. You should have made subs sooner. Yeah. But when they do that, you're probably going to end up saying, you know what? Never do that again. Never put that guy in there again. Okay, that guy is worthless. That guy is not doing anything. He probably shouldn't touch a field because that's the way that we are. We, that you see one bad game and you're like, yep, like, throw him out of the game. So Zubak might come in and be completely ineffective. Now, you may not throw the kid away because he's so young and he has to develop, but you're saying, yeah, he's not ready. Like, you can't throw him in there. He's not ready. You're not going to throw in Quayle up. He's ineffective. I like the guy, but he's ineffective. He's not going to make a difference. I think Soto knows that. So I think that that is his best option. And, you know, luckily you have Fabio Alvarez coming in. He's officially signed. He's been officially um, um, announced. I'm assuming that he's going to be featured ASAP because they need it desperately. And here's a guy that can play multiple positions in the midfield and he's an attack-minded player. So hopefully you have another option on offense. Hopefully that gives you some sort of maneuvering abilities to take out other players or to be effective or to just have another guy like, okay, we don't have to just go to Zlatan now. This guy can probably create something or is an offensive-minded player to where I will give him the ball. Hmm. I mean, I, I just don't think that putting the same subs and not rolling the dice on somebody else, even if it's for an extra 15 minutes or so is going to help us in the long run, because we do need the depth. We need the full bench. And if they're not ready, then, you know, we need to figure out ways to make them ready. That's that ultimately that's what needs to happen because that's, what's going to win us the championship. Well, you really believe we're going to win a championship this year? I mean, I believe that any MLS team could win a championship in any year. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that the that the season's over, but I don't think any one of us have uh, the Galaxy winning MLS Cup this year. I think I think the only I think the only team that's completely out of contention right now is Colorado. Who knows? Like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can it's name true. You, it's true. I, I can name you quite a few teams that I believe are out of contention for MLS Cup, but 
I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we are out of contention because of this little bad spell. But I'm, We're not, I'm, and, and, no, no, no. And I'm not saying that either. But what I'm saying, what I am saying is that we need to. If if we're in situations like we are, where we're tired, and or where the the players are clearly tired, both mentally and physically, and they look like they're playing like a full second behind the other team, like they did, like, like they looked against NYCFC, um, then it would help to get other players in there, whether they're whether they're going to be effective or not or not. They need to go out there and be hungry. And that's the coach's job to make sure that when they go out there, you they go out there to be effective and they go out there to be hungry. If they can't be effective, at least they can put in the effort and look hungry. And maybe that pushes the guys to go a little bit harder. Um, we're, you know, however long into this podcast, and we haven't man- mentioned Sebastian Legette's role in this team once. Um, he's been non-existent. And everybody got really excited at the beginning of the year when he showed good form for the Galaxy, when he showed good form for the U.S. national team. We said, oh, we're going to get that legit that we saw the glimpse of before he had the injury uh, two years ago. And he's fizzled out. And he has been... I mean, Lewis, I think you even said that you forgot he was on this team. And he's a starter. I, I, I'm not sure what's going on with the jet. I, I, like you said, I think we were all excited about what the pairing between him and Jonah uh, had last season. And then going into the national team camp um, earlier uh, this season, preseason gets injured in the camp. So he didn't really train with the team until the week leading up to the Dallas game. And maybe it's a case of legit is just not fitting in the system. And, you know, as much as we love Leggett, as much as he's been a, uh, a huge part of this team and organization for the past few years, this is now a new era. This is now DTK and GBS's team. And let's be honest, that's not one of their guys. Um, uh, and, and there's a lot of players like that. Uh, you know, uh, Shelvick is not one of their guys. Felcher is not one of their guys. Um, a, a lot of players on the roster are not a lot of their guys. You're, you're going to see an, uh, an overhaul next season again. Um, and so th- this this coaching staff, th- this, this team, this organization, it, it's not going to be judged. It shouldn't be judged based on what happens this year because it's still officially not entirely their team. You, you have to judge them probably next season. And the season after that, um, and how much progress you you're making, and how how competitive you are now uh, go, going into the, the the next season. But I, it may be a case that Legit does not fit in the system, and he's completely ineffective. He has gone stretches where, at least for me personally, I don't even notice he's in the game. And when I do notice he's in the games, because he's passing up a shot that he would have taken maybe 99 times out of 100 last season. And yet he's looking up for guess who? Right. So, for Zlatan. so maybe he's just, I mean, 
maybe the, the the system just throwing his game off. Maybe he's a guy that we get rid of at, at some point. Mm. And they're saying, up, oh, you know, he, he's he's not been here. <clears throat> he's ineffective. Because he worth, has been. Is, is it worth noting that um, in the five games that Alison Reedy's been out, we have only won one game? So it's funny because I actually was going to bring that up. I really was going to bring that up. That bring ever since up. you you got rid of... Or not got rid of, but ever since Allison Genie went down, you're the, the only other guy who's trying to score, albeit maybe too much. Yeah, maybe he's say, going not so successfully. When yeah, when he, and and when he shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden the offense looks absolutely impotent, and there's no threat, and there's yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. Blaming Alessandrini. I'm not saying that this team goes down with Alessandrini, but I don't know. Well, you see, you, look, you, you see look at the last few games. You, you there's see a big what he brings you know, to the team. Yeah. people people were ready, so ready to, to ship him off. And maybe it's coincidental. I mean, granted, you have Jonathan Dos Santos, the linchpin of this team, that the one that we've been saying the whole season that he is the the one that the team revolves around. He is the center of the team. He's the, the gravitational pull. Um, but you got a guy like Alessandrini, you got to watch him. Now it's really easy to mark Zlatan out of a game. Um, it's, you know, it's unfortunate because we we're, we're not going to, you know, maybe the galaxy gets rid of him. We're, we're not going to be able to be sort of, you know, no kind of point can be proven here. Because Alessandrini's out until September, so you know by by the time he comes back, this is a different team. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's I, I I thought it was worth noting. I was like, oh, you know, all those people that were calling for Alessandrini to be gone, uh, you know, now now we're seeing the result of that, and and maybe it's not direct a direct result, but I I still think that he helps his team um, be more dangerous. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 get into NYCFC. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, try, um, so NYCFC comes to town, and the Galaxy have even less depth than we thought because uh, Triore and Rajo start in a five-man back line. Everybody got really excited about the new formation, Lewis, you included, um, and it didn't go very well. Um, I have to ask you guys now because it's been everybody was Gaga over Triore in the first game, uh, and he was the high, highest rated player in that game. And in the second game that he played, he was the highest rated player. But now, now that we have your sample size, I gotta wonder if Triore is actually better than Chelvik. To me, I don't think there's much of an improvement there. I. The, the well, here, here's the thing. I, I think the difference between those two players is a million dollars, literally a million dollars. You have a guy that you're paying a million dollars to. If you're playing, I mean, if you're, if you're paying a defender a million dollars, there is an expectation that goes with that. It's the same expectation that you had for Geo being the most expensive player on the team. If Geo was just some run of the mill role player making barely over the TAM limit or 
not even, I mean, whatever it is. If he's making Carrasco money, if he's making Dave Romney money, no one's going to shit on Gio. You would just say, like, yeah, whatever. Like, that, you get what you pay for, right? But when you're the most you, expensive player... Because you just player, wouldn't see the field. Yeah, well, that too. But you would not make a big thing out of it. Sure. You, you make a big thing out of Shelvick because he is the most expensive defender in the league. So you expect him to be the best defender in the league. That's pretty much what how you're... It's apparently, how it yeah, I kind of how it works. You know, the better yeah, but that's you not, are, but that's not job, how soccer works. Soccer, paid. soccer doesn't. When you're on the field and you're and you're fighting for a ball, it doesn't matter how much money the person you're fighting for the ball with makes. No, right? and, and and I understand that, but let's be honest: the people who signed Shelvick didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Sure. Okay, so. It's not entirely Shelvick's fault that he sucks. As far as like, well, I mean, it kind of is. My fa- I mean, it is, but it's not his it's, fault it's, that he it's, continues to get starts getting, on the team. It's right. not. It's not his fault that he's getting paid what he's getting paid. He got lucky, right, but it's go. his fault that I'm he thinking. is playing bad. I mean, that's his. That's his responsibility. That's what. I, well, that, that's what I meant to say. It's not his fault that somebody grossly overpaid. I mean, that guy is, you know, could be on the bench and like, dude, I'm, I'm getting paid this much money for doing. Fucking right. nothing and sucking as much as I do. My I question, is, my question is, my question is, is Triori that much better? I don't think he is. Triori is. This he, is Triori's first stint as a professional. Sure. I am not going to expect him to be lights out game in, Sure, but game does out. he make the same kind of mistakes that Shelvick makes? I think he does. In a way, yes, but again, I'm not going to be as hard on Triori the way I am against Shelvick simply because Shelvick, it, this is not his first year as a professional. This is not even his first year in MLS. The guy has played professionally significantly longer than Triori has. Triori has three games under his belt as a professional. I am not going to judge those two based on that the, the that span of games. Well, I am going I, to judge if them. I can- if I can the, the judge it, if I can judge it, then Triori seems like he's more of a valuable player than a long-standing player that's almost as bad as as as, as equal as each other. So, if you put those pers- Tri- if you put those together, Triori, eh, I would go Triori then. Triori has still has room to grow. He's young. He's inexperienced, and that's extremely important. He is inexperienced, and he's going to learn this. I he hasn't hit a ceiling yet. If you think he's hit a ceiling, you, you, there's a, there's a problem there because I don't think he has. I'm not I saying also, he's going to be I a also superstar. Didn't that. I also didn't okay. say that. I'm I'm just saying that if do you I think like, Shelvick, I, well, do you think Shelvick has hit a ceiling? Because I think he has. I in, think he has shown us exactly what he's going to give us. Triori, yeah, I don't yeah. think so. So that argument is so you so you put me, him out there. You put him out there. You let him. You let him make mistakes. You, you give him you give him the time to develop because in the long run he's going to help us. Shelvick is gone after this season. Yeah, he is not your he is not your long term plan. Right, Chiori I'm not talking is. about Shelvick. I'm talking about Chariari. I know. So, so that's what I'm so saying. I'm, I'm saying, saying you, you, even though he's not that effective or he makes mistakes, you put him out there. You let him make those mistakes. You let if, him do the thing. If those are your two options, and if you're saying they're as equally bad, I'm going with Chariari to at least. If he hasn't hit a ceiling, let him hit it. But but do you think they're equally bad right now? No, 
I, I still think Traore is better. From player to I player, think. is there is there a big drop off between Traore and Shelby? Not as big as you would say Carrasco and Jonathan, but what I the? don't think there's that big of a drop off. I honestly think it's a sidestep. It's a sidestep, right? Right. Okay. So the the. I, and and that's kind of what I was getting to. Like it's a sidestep, and you give you give the the kid a little bit more leeway because he's still learning and and he hasn't hit a ceiling yet, right? Um, that's pretty much it. Okay. I mean, that was like, that was my question. That was my question to you. What did you think? What do you think about the drop off between Triora and Shelvik? Is there one? You know, is one better than the other? If you're telling without me, all the, without mean, all the other stuff, if if we were playing a pickup game for free, and you had the choice between Triori and Shelvik, Triori, which one would you pick? Triori, one hundred percent, one hundred times out of hundred, it's Triori. If Shelvik was on the opposing team, would it be, would they be that much worse than than your team with Triori? If Shelvik is on the opposing team, I'm going right after him. Okay, I'd be happy. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, it, like, and that's pretty much exactly what's happening with Traore. It's like, well, we're going to go after you. You're inexperienced. We're going to continue testing you until you can figure this out. And that's what teams should be doing. And hopefully he is learning from it. I still believe that Traore is slightly better than Shelvik, but only because, like I said, Sh- Shelvik, we know what he's going to bring to the table. We don't know exactly what Traore is going to bring eventually. Now, if he has pretty much hit his peak okay then well there's a problem but i doubt that the guy like i said his first three games as a professional i am not about to say that he's just as bad as shelvik and that that's all it is maybe at the moment yes but if the coaching staff was able to get this guy in there and have enough confidence in him to start then they're seeing something but is that because so is uh, do they have confidence in Triori to start because they don't see Shelvik being any good or do you, or or I, I should say it's do both they, do they do it, they not both. see like do they say well it's kind of a crapshoot if I put one in at least we get a little bit more speed and offense on on Triori's side although he you know he has, he hasn't contributed that much again uh, not a single good cross I, I think obviously being a backup to Shelvik helps his cause a lot. I mean, if he was behind, say, Ashley Cole, I don't think he'd be getting any minutes yeah, unless, yeah. you know, unless Ashley Cole was, you know, needed a day off. So, complete, you know, so having Shelvik in front of you benefits him a lot. The other thing is that, you know, what you were saying, why not put Zubek in? Why not put Quayo in? If the coaching staff is saying, I can't roll the dice on this because it's too much of a liability. But they have enough faith in Triori to say there's not much of a drop-off here. Yeah. And this guy's ceiling is higher, and we're going to go ahead and develop him and get him in there. Then, I mean, that's that's telling me a lot. And again, I'm, and- I'm putting my trust in Skeloto. I'm putting my trust in Teclosa because they have yet to let me down when it comes to stuff like this. As of right now, I have confidence in them. Again, this is not their team. They're, they were given a pile of shit and they're doing their best with it and they've done so far i believe a pretty remarkable job and the fact that they're as high up in the standing as they are and still remember they're still in second place 
Yeah. After no, three Seattle, Seattle moved into second place. No, no, they're in second place. We're we, in we second are, place. Uh, we are ahead of them. We're in second place, but Seattle does have one game on hand. But we are right now officially in second place, only five points behind um, LAFC. Not only in the Western Conference, but um, I think we're third in the Supporter Shield. I think Philadelphia now has 23 points. So does but, DC. Oh, there you go. So, no, okay, so fourth. Um, that's still pretty good. For a quote-unquote rebuilding year, it's not a, quite a rebuilding year, but it is, a, it is a transitional period, a huge transitional period, not only on the field, but just philosophically. The fact mm-hmm. that DTK, what he's doing, that, again, that doesn't happen overnight. I think they're doing a commendable job right now. I'm not saying I'm throwing away the season. There's no reason to panic. You're in May. I get that you're not going to win MLS Cup in May. Nobody does. And yes, these points that you're dropping that you probably should be getting, it's upsetting. Because come playoff time and you look back at some of these games, man, look at that game we dropped. If you add two more points, if you had three more points, we would be in a better position right now. Because if this was a home-and-home series in playoffs, eh, you can overlook it. The fact that it's a one-and-done, if you're anywhere below a fourth seed, you are not going to be home during the playoffs. And I don't care how informed you are. I don't care if you go on a crazy streak in August and September to get a number seven or six seed. I don't care how informed you are. You cannot win four games on the road. That is goddamn tough. So I would rather be winning these games. And I'm glad that Scaloto is trying to win every game out there possible, that he's not throwing a game away and saying, you know, we can afford to lose this game, so I'm just going to go ahead and put a B squad here. I respect the fact that he's going out there and trying to win every single game because that is what you're supposed to be doing. And I know Bobby agrees with me here because he's been stressing that for a long time. That's why I'm so upset. So, so I mean, I, I, th- there's, there's a lot to take in here. I know there's a lot of panic going on. I don't think you should be panicking. I'm not saying you should be happy either. I think there's, there's deficiencies on, these, on this team. We have to acknowledge them. We have to accept it, and we have to work on it. I get it. But at the same time, if you're thinking that we were going to win MLS Cup this year, that is, that is one hell of a fantasy. I'm not saying it's impossible. But that's a long shot. Double down. Um, Colorado <laughs> sure. against Colorado, sure. <laughs> so, so in so in so in losing, so now so now the Galaxy has lost, like we said, three games in a row: uh, three two to New York Red Bulls, three to one against um, Columbus, in which Daniel Ther has got a, a, another goal. Um, the second highest leading scorer on the on the team, um, and then the Galaxy lose NYCFC. Um, obviously, Lewis, as you said, we have uh, F- Fabio Alvarez. That's going to take me a minute. Um, coming in as a reinforcement, let's see what he can do. He's been on Scalotto's list for a while. Um, in in the game against NYCFC, we saw a new formation, and it didn't really work out. Um, we did see Daniel Serres kind of get exposed. And um, I know that Josh and uh, Kevin Baxter on Corner of the Galaxy talked about maybe Serres lost his starting spot in this game because uh, Giancarlo Gonzalez looked really good in this game. 
um, I I kind of feel like they set Stairs up to fail because in the four man backline, Stairs has been solid. Um, even in in uh, well in Columbus, you saw him. He he kind of fell asleep on that on the play for that first or the second goal, I think. But um, I think uh, if if Stairs loses his spot because of this NYCFC game, I think they kind of do him dirty a little bit because that's not. Um, he deserves a little bit longer of a rope there. Because um, I don't think he had a terrible game. I, I just think that he got exposed on, on one play. Wasn't his best game. I mean, if, if you're saying that which one of the games was worse today, that would have been it. Yeah. Uh, for sure. It's not saying much because <clears throat> he's been very solid the rest of the way. And, 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 and granted, he was in, and you have to keep in mind, he was in a, in a formation that he's not used to playing in. Exactly. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people forget that you switched up formations we had never seen this before they came out with a what we assume is a combination three five two or that you can turn into a five three five three two uh you can even go uh say i mean there was a three three one i mean yeah yeah all the different combinations there's 11 players out there somewhere yeah um but again i think the blueprint was executed perfectly by nyc the high press yeah take you know no jonathan choke, that's a huge that, that's a huge one yeah uh choke the service and make those wingers completely ineffective so that when you get the ball after that high press those wingbacks are completely out of position yeah. and let's go ahead and expose it so yes in, in that sense you're, you're trying out a new formation that just didn't work offensively and defensively, and the thing is, defensively, we obviously could have been scored on significantly more leading up to it. But the two goals came in the final five minutes of the first half, and that was it. So yeah, and the second uh, goal was unlucky that it was a, a handball, kind of a dumb move from uh, Antuna yeah. as he's as he's uh, sliding in to try and block the shot or the cross. He actually moves his hand into the path of the ball. Um, dumb, dumb mistake. Just it, to me, that's uh, inexperience. Um, it's not a natural hand movement either. Yeah. Um, uh, so but I, know, I mean, just... either way, I don't think there's an excuse. I mean, again, there's a guy, I mean, Antuna had to go down and, and block someone. Where the hell is the rest of your defenders? But, mm-hmm. um, but I, either way, I, I think we always knew that Gonzalez was going to be in there at some point. Uh, they were just waiting for that Steris fuck up. And let's be honest, chances are Gonzalez is indeed better than steris and yeah, that's why they, that's why they picked them up i think the fact that steris has been so solid and that he's going to go to the bench that is where you're building your depth right there the fact that you can bring in well, a steris you, and still be effective i mean that's, i mean that's a good thing. like if you're if you're late in the game you need a goal it takes out enough you put steris on exactly i mean he's your second leading goal scorer so i mean simple math right right i mean it, 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 it's as easy as one, two, four, nineteen. Exactly. Um, let's let's talk about the big man a little bit, because uh, again, wildly ineffective in this game. Um, he, uh, he maybe he didn't he didn't um, get angry at somebody. Maybe there was somebody he wasn't uh, too upset about, or at least when he tried to start stuff with uh, somebody, it was it was a little bit too late, because um, he and Sean Johnson did get into it um, toward the end of the game. Um, 
that was a play where uh, Zlatan went up for a ball. I think that was the one where he hit the post, and uh, Pontius, uh, his shot was his follow up shot was high. Um, Sean Johnson bumps into Zlatan, and uh, Zlatan tries to choke Sean Johnson, or at least doesn't choke him, but puts his hands on his throat in a choking, uh, you know, motion. Um, I won't go as far as to say he choked them, but you know, both of them then sold, sold that they, they've, they've both gotten hit. Um, what do you guys think about this? It annoyed me. Um, I'm not like, we talked, we talked about it the last episode. Hey guys, I'm back on the show. Uh, we talked about (laughs) it the last episode where Lewis... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lewis uh, was, was talking Bobby's the Bobby's a legit of the podcast, dude. No, I was gonna I was gonna say like this. That. I was gonna say this week I t- I took the the podcast off. Like you know, Lewis, then you, then the me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I died this week. Um, well, Lewis was saying last week. Last week he was he was he was he was, uh, he was making the case of, of for uh, being aggressive and like. And wanting to have some kind of challenge on the field and and having, you know, like some, some kind of incentive to get your blood rise so then you can go after the game really hard. Um, I get that, but like Zlatan takes it too far sometimes, I believe. Um, and, and sometimes for no, like it seems to be like for no reason. Uh, this time around, he did put his, his, his hands around his neck and I'm, I, I don't know, man. I, I it's not it's not so hard to believe that he did add some pressure, you know. Um, so like that, I don't know. That stuff isn't cool. Like you know, when you're saying, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna," like you could say, "Like, oh, I'm gonna fuck you up in this game," or "I'm gonna," or "I'm gonna roll you over in this game," or whatever, you know. But like, I don't know, just doing it physically with your hands, without you know, with, with it not just being a challenge, is is uh, is isn't isn't too cool. And then at the same time, you know, we were playing so horribly that game. Um, he wasn't one of my favorites at that time, at that moment, and and it right. seemed it seemed really ridiculous to get to that point at that po- part of the game, losing the way we were losing, and then laughing up a storm. It was annoying after the after the game. Yeah, oh my god, it was annoying. Yeah, and like, dude, like that usually I don't usually I didn't I don't get so I don't get frustrated by players being whoever they are after a game. I don't usually, but this, this really annoyed me just mainly because the game was so bad. We played so horrible. Um, it just, it was, it was, it was, it was disgusting to me. It was humiliating to me. It was really bad. I mean, I'm, I'm not like, think like, like Lewis was saying earlier on, it's not like I'm being like, ah, the fucking season's lost. We're never gonna, we're never gonna be good again. I'm not there, but it was just, it was, I don't know. It was, it was, um, it was, uh, what's the word I'm trying to get, it, get to? It was, it offended me. That game offended me. It was so yeah. poor. It I, was, I, I was so it, it, upset. When we're winning games, everything is fine. Regardless of what's going on behind the scenes, nobody wants to hear about it. It doesn't matter right now. Because we're winning games, it, the, the the wins are masking all the problems or whatever might be going on behind the scenes or or whatever. Well, I seem um, to, I seem couple... to recall. Hold on, I seem to recall us having an issue with uh, Zlatan being so uh, kind of mean about to his teammates um, after the Philadelphia game where he wanted his hat trick. Right. Well, but we, the thing we is, won is that, that game. right? But the thing is, like we. 
We said it. Uh, the Twitterverse. He's talking about Twitter Galaxy Collective. Didn't really, yeah, yeah d- d- didn't really give a shit. Now you're well, losing we're, games. We're part of that. And now you're well, we are. Uh, but now that you're losing games Speak for yourselves, and the world is you know gonna 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 end for Galaxy fans, um, you start seeing things a little differently. And Zlatan, who was considered a, I mean, some people already consider him a legend. Uh, some people consider him untouchable. All of a sudden, a lot of people turn on him. Well, he is, he is kind of he is kind of untouchable because the uh, MLS disciplinary committee came out and they did not uh, find him or or take any as action of, his as uh, his choke yet. move against Sean Johnson. Uh, the the stuff is out for this week already. I I, I know, but I I got a feeling that like I'm not sure if he's out. Of, <sighs> I'm not sure if he's off the hook yet. If I'm being honest, I don't know why I have this feeling like. Like they're gonna do the galaxy derby. Like they'll like they'll let them know like on fucking Friday or something. You no, know, I don't think them. they can do that. I don't think they can either. But like I just feel like it's gonna be like something dirty. Like up, oh, they think they got away with it, but no. Like 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 tomorrow. I, I'm I'm fully expecting like something tomorrow. If it doesn't happen by tomorrow, I think he's in the clear. And I'm kind of surprised that you know they, they didn't say anything today because they did come out and find three other players for whatever infraction they made or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Zlatan wasn't on that list, um, which is very surprising. I mean, it, it's the, the language is very, very clear cut, no hands to the face. I mean, there's not even any room for, there's not a gray area. It's black and white. You put hands to the face. It's automatic suspension. It's a big no, no. I mean, Kaka did it. Uh, I was going to say, that's Kaka. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> he did it with affection, and boom, he was gone. I mean, it's honestly, did it with it's honestly one of malice. my favorite hands-on faces plays <laughs> of all galaxy. Uh, <laughs> peekaboo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, so, Zlatan, uh, Zlatan tries to choke a goalie, and uh, and then they take each other down, and yeah, nothing, nothing, and yeah, no, nothing. Uh, so. And then and then he's and yeah, and then he's out there, you know, I don't know, taking selfies with Dome or something after after the game, um, which like you said, it irked a lot of people, Lewis. Yeah, and, you know, myself, I, myself, Bobby. I know it irked Mike McGee who tweeted after it and said something like, "The Galaxy I know doesn't smile after losses." That's fucking true. I mean, I was I'm on the same page. I I was just as irked. I, w- I saw that, and, and I'm trying to make sense of what, what exactly he's laughing at. Because he has, here's a guy that we have come to know as highly competitive and really hates to lose. In fact, he hates not looking good while winning. And you had brought it up. The Philadelphia game played a good—I mean, well, the first half was, was, very, was all but perfect. And uh, you still won the game. You had a shutout. And Zlatan is livid at his players. Maybe because he didn't get his hat trick. Maybe because he didn't score again on a ten man team. Whatever it is, he was not happy. And arguably the worst game that you put out this season, the guy's laughing and smiling. So I I, I don't get it. it. It didn't make sense to me. And as Bobby said, the game offended me. There was something about that game that I was just really upset about. I there are things that I can forgive. I don't think that game was one of them. And to see a player laughing it up as if it was a throwaway game or I, I don't know the reason why it really rubbed me the wrong way. It rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And that's, what's going to happen when you lose three games in a row and you see players not acting 
like you've lost three games in a row. So, uh, you know, again, well, it's look, early in the season. There's hope. Yeah, it's early in the season, guys, and it's 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 not something that you should be panicking uh, about. At least not yet. There are issues, sure, but it's early in the season. You didn't lose MLS Cup. You didn't even lose a Porter Shield. You definitely didn't lose a playoff spot. So there's still a long way to go. But there's going to be stretches where, again, you're going to have games where you're going to be doing a lot of travel. And in a very short period of time i think there's one like in july where they go to like seattle um and cincinnati and uh it's like a a really dirty road trip in like a very short amount of time i i don't remember exactly when that period is um but yeah there's another there's another like um part of the season where you're playing a, a lot of games in a very small amount of time with travel so um, oh, you know what? It's actually after the Gold Cup. They got to go uh, to Cincinnati and then all the way back to uh, uh, back to the West Coast, San Jose. And so, I mean, there, there, there's, there's going to be stretches like this, but they're, they're going to have to figure this out. And uh, and I have faith that they will. So no need to panic yet, guys. Well, they, they have to because up next they have Colorado. So um, this is a no-brainer, right? Should be. I hope so. Right? I mean... This is a win. Yeah. I mean... If there's any scenario that you're hoping for to get back on the right track, it's a home game against a team that has not won a game yet. You have eight days... You have eight days rest... You're gonna get a new uh, new blood in Alvarez. I think Jonathan was day to day. Yeah, he might. He I might be think, back. I think he's back, which is a huge plus. You saw the drop off. Um, I think in that NYC game, you saw why he's the MVP. And MVPs don't mean the best stats. MVP literally means the most valuable player, because when you take him out, you see the quality drop. Instantly. If you take Zlatan out, I think you're okay. In fact, your team may even improve a little bit, as we saw <laughs> against Minnesota, when three different players scored. Everybody was an attacking threat. So that's another debate that will go again if Zlatan ever uh, misses a game, and we'll see how the team responds. Yeah. But but um, you have Jonathan back. You're going to have Alvarez. You have eight days rest. You're at home. You're playing against a winless team. It's what the doctor ordered. So take advantage of it. <sighs> All right. Is that a, is that no Bobby? Did Bobby die again? Crap. Oh, my God. Hello. I can't deal with. Bo- oh, ah! hi. From the grave. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, Galaxy, yeah. Galaxy. I know. So with that, uh, with all that stuff in mind, uh, I do have one last thing, Bobby. Mm. Bruce Arena, 
Oh yeah, is that. Mm-hmm. returning to MLS. So the New England Revolution fired their coach, fired uh, in Brad Friedel. They fired uh, Mike Burns as their general manager, and now have hired Bruce Arena. So, um, boy, does New England know how to really, really tell everybody they're still stuck in MLS? What two <laughs> or what? Like this is this is a move that. Ten years ago, I would have went, oh, my God, New England's going to win a championship. But now it just it it just highlights what a bad organization that is. Oh, <sighs> I still like Bruce Arena. Me, too. But, but I don't you know, think I know, he I should be you. coaching in the current MLS. I feel you. I, uh, okay. So, so here's the thing for me. I'm not going to get too much into it. I think he improves. New England. That's yeah. not saying much. Uh, I, I I personally think I can improve New England, but uh, I think I don't know about that. Hiring Bruce Arena is a step forward for that organization. I don't think that it is, as you said, David. It, it's not a three point oh hire. Um, it, it it's definitely a, a solid pick, but it's not ambitious enough, which is really weird to say, but in a good way that the most successful coach in American history is not ambitious. So <laughs> I, I think that he'll be fine as far as, um, you know, keeping New England more competitive than what they have been showing the past two seasons. As far as the GM, I think that he understands the MLS rules better than most GMs in the league. But the guy better be going down south and he better have connections because the Galaxy finally figured it out. Or yeah. they hired someone who is who has those type of connections. I'm not sure if Bruce Arena has those type of connections. Well, you know, so, Bruce, Bruce doesn't have the, the Burhalters and the, uh, you know, Pat Noonan and, 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 uh, Eddie Lewis is of of the world to lean on anymore. You know he's right. Gotta, exactly. He's got to go out there and and put some work in. So yeah, yeah. and and, and <clears throat> you know Jazzy's art is aside. Um, you know he he he's not a guy that you know he loves his veterans. So he he's again he he still could very well be stuck on this one point five two point uh, mentality where hey it's a younger game now. You know, you're going to have to play your kids. A lot of teams are starting to do that, and they're starting to be effective. And there are other teams that, like, go out. And like I said, you're going to need connections. Like I said, you're going to need connections. And you're going to have to have the right scouts to to pick out those players. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I think, again, they improve. It's not saying much. Um, but... Yeah, it's it, it's interesting to see Bruce Arena back into uh, be back in MLS. We'll see how he yep. does uh, in his fourth stint. Yep. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. This is episode one fifty eight. I'm here with David and Lewis. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. That was a good episode. He barely talked. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to LA Is Our House. Make sure you check out our website, laisourhouse.com, where you can find all our social sites. Also, listen in to Balls In Beers, our weekly MLS prediction show, where you can find on iTunes and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button. 